There's a tank game in the middle of this episode that I didn't remember the name of. The game is Combat for the Atari 2600. I just looked it up. The first game I remember coding, however, well, copying from a magazine, was in BASIC. It was Lunar Lander. Learning to code a game, or at least coding in a game from a magazine, is a way that a lot of people get started and excited about programming. Of course, I don't recommend BASIC. Now we've got Python. And one of the game engines available for Python is Pursued by Bear, a project started by Piper Thunstrom. Piper is here today. We talk about Pursued by Bear, we talk about learning to code, and learning CS concepts with game development. This episode is sponsored by Rollbar. Rollbar is the leading platform that enables developers to proactively discover and resolve issues in their code, allowing them to work on continuous code improvements throughout the software development lifecycle. Rollbar has plans for all situations, from free to large enterprise. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster and can quickly recover from critical errors as they happen. Learn more at rollbar.com. Welcome to Test and Code. Piper, welcome to Test and Code. I'm super excited to have you on the show. We've we haven't talked before, so this is kind of an introduction to each other as well. Yeah, I realized we we've been floating around some of the same spaces for a while now, and just yeah. never seem to have met. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so tell me um yeah tell me a little bit about Piper who you are um i mean so the uh i mean i tend to give my like you know micro professional bio for stuff like this you know senior software engineer uh i've been a web developer since 2014 um i've done a lot of community organizing so nyc python pi gotham i'm technically still the organizer of flask nyc i really need to find someone to take that over uh, uh i moved from new york i do not live in new york anymore so like being an <laughs> organizer of a new york meetup not not the most useful thing uh, I do a bunch of public speaking, uh, which is where, like, most people are going to have known me from. Uh, Pi Gotham, I think I've missed one year since 2014. Uh, Pi Texas, Pi Ohio a couple of years, Pi Cascades, Pi Tennessee. Um, cool. Eventually, my goal is to hit every uh, major U.S. conference one of these days. Um, I, You know, I'd like to do that, too. Uh, at first, when I, my goal was, like, PyCon, and I, that, I think I started, and I... I have spoken to PyCon a couple times, once in person and once uh, the what the remote thing we had on 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, uh, I kind of I Pi Cascades I spoke there and I like the regional stuff. Uh, it's it's almost I mean PyCon's a blast, obviously, but but the uh, the regional stuff's really cool. I'd like to hit more regional things. I get, but I'm gonna have to just buckle down and be okay with doing travel stuff because yeah um i mean it's been good the last couple of years they like a lot of them did some kind of remote thing um i think pi tennessee doesn't because they don't record anything um yeah. like that's their their interesting weird thing um which is why <laughs> like i i suggest people who like okay you want to speak at a conference but you don't really want like your first conference on Go to Pi Tennessee. Okay. It's great. <laughs> um, good people. Uh, they don't record, so you don't have to worry about, like, if you mess up, nobody's going to remember. Um, Pi Ohio, I think, is uh, 
my favorite of them just because the audience is very very weird um and like in a good way when i say weird it's uh because pi ohio is free um my audiences are both older and younger uh depending on the what year i went um okay so a much more diverse range of people show up to pi ohio so if you want like weird stuff that's that's definitely the place to be and obviously pi gotham was my home conference for a bunch of years so like there's all of that. Well, um, do you have any upcoming speaking things that you're going to be? I don't actually. Um, I, I am unfortunately high risk, so I am still like locked down a lot harder than everyone else. Um, and so I'm I'm off the organ the, the speaking circuit for a while. Um, I really like virtual stuff. There's part of the reason I was like, oh yeah, I'll totally do a podcast. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, um, and oh. then the last detail of my career is like I'm a game dev. Um, I I think that should. Go without saying, considering we're going to be talking about Pursuit Pie Bear. But, you know, um, I actually, my first job was at a company that we were um, a little agency. And um, the Tops trading card apps were actually one of my first projects. Really? Uh, as an engineer. Neat. Uh, so, yeah. Star Wars Card Trader, uh, you know, made it into USA Today. Like, that, that's that been the highlight of my career at this point. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so, And then lots of hobbyist work. So, so uh, you said... Something happened in 2014. Web dev since 2014, is that you said? Yes, yes. Um, I, I got my first... This agency in 2014. Um, okay. And when I say web dev there, I was mostly writing the, the backend servers for the app. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then game stuff. Has it always been in Python, or have you, been, have you done other... <laughs> I've done a little bit outside of Python, but it is primarily Python. Really? Um, okay. In fact, I learned... I went to school for a business degree, a management information system, so I could do some like SQL and like understood a little bit of software architecture, but I couldn't code by the end of that degree. Um, and so I actually started learning to code via Python, Pygame, and so on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did ask you to come on so we could talk about uh, Pursued PyBear, which is um, obviously a bad Python pun. Or a good Python yes. pun, depending on your. Face. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me about pursued by Pi Bear. Uh, yeah. So what? How? What's that project about? Uh, so uh, the, the the way I explain it to people is it is an education focused game engine. Okay. Um, and that means a lot of things, and we can go into it in a bit. But um, basically, the the whole goal is things like. Uh, reducing the actual onboarding complexity to making games. Um, you know, our, our hello, you know, making a window in PPB is about the same as Piglet. Uh, so it's import PPB, PPB.run, you have a window. Um, Piglet is very similar. Um, other things, uh, we are a 2D engine, mostly because trying to teach 3D uh, when you're also trying to learn about games in general is kind of a pain. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, we are sprite based, uh, which has sprite is a terribly overloaded term. Um, <laughs> basically, it means both the two D images that are animated and also the object that is the thing that gets displayed on screen. Um, one of the things that we did is uh, we have an event system in PPB. Uh, due to requests from actual educators, uh, it is an implicit uh, subscription model. Um, so basically you name your event handlers the right thing and PPB will find them for you. Oh, um, okay. And then uh, the other thing that we've really focused on is uh, PPB is an extremely flexible backend architecture. Um, 
if you don't like our renderer, you can tear it out and build your own. <laughs> um, and it does not affect the engine at all. Hmm. All right. Uh, so yeah, this, this is the, the, like what we pitch, what we actually care about. Um, so, so yeah, no. <laughs> so is the intent. Okay. So just, um, uh, I haven't done any game development in Python, but I, I think it's a neat idea. Cause I, you know, like I, I hate to be cliche, but, it's cliche. Like one of the first things I ever did was uh, uh, co- like copy a game listing out of a magazine so that I could play a game on my home computer. Um, it was like a Radio Shack computer like many, many, many years ago. But uh, that's what I did. And so I didn't know anything about game engines or anything. It just it was a big basic loop. But gaming has gotten better. But that's how a lot of people get into coding is they want to write, write games, right? And is, yep. is that the idea um, about this is to try to teach people coding and game or mostly just teaching about game development? So that's that's an interesting question, because uh, basically a uh, long history of the project here. Uh, when I started it, it was actually um, I was building it mostly to uh, minimize how much boilerplate I was writing for uh, Pi Game. <laughs> uh is actually how this all started okay. uh and then i'm friends with educators so uh one of my partners is a college professor i have friends who teach uh middle grades um and i i try to go to like the education summit on a regular basis for example um and so basically they looked at what i was building and went okay there are some good ideas here that would make it easier for us to like use this to teach coding or game development uh are the two big ones um and so it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, okay, so did you you started the project? I did. Okay, I, I, I did am, not know I that. I am the author. Okay, neat. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of, uh, there's a lot of contributors on this. Yes, um, that is, um, it, it's funny because I, I get asked, how, like, how do you get so many contributors? And like, for the most part, it's I, I show up at conferences, I run sprints, and I ask people, like, hey, if you're interested in doing game dev, come talk to me. I will totally help you through your first contribu- contribution. <laughs> Okay, so that um, since you, it sounds like you did come from Pygame first, um, and so is it easier to get started with Pursued PyBear than with Pygame? I know that that's I, opinionated, probably coming from you. Yes, but... um, yeah, I like to think so. Okay. Um, and actually, like this is um, basically, I, I think that there's there's some significant differences between like Pygame and PPB in terms of like uh game making tools um and you kind of see this uh it's my own classification like this is not like if you go looking for these words you're not going to find them but uh i i tend to refer to them as uh you got two kinds of engines frameworks i like i don't really just make a distinction between those two anymore um but basically uh in game development there are two major ways to think about the game making tool you're using and one is these opinionated kind of all-in-one experiences and PPB is definitely in that camp versus what I refer to as the pile of primitives method. Oh, yeah. um, and that's pie game is the pile of primitives. It's here's a bunch of things that you can put together however you like to make your game. Um, whereas PPB, while we do give a lot of those kinds of like, here's a, you know, we, we have a, a number of things that are just free in PPB that uh, you actually have to build and buy game. Um, but, like, you kind of have to follow our model within a certain degree. Uh, 
it's really the the way the different components talk to each other is like the only truth in ppb like like i said you can rip out almost anything and like throw in new stuff as long as you follow the the way different components talk to each other okay um but uh yeah so like our flexible backend gives us a lot of control um that whole ability to rip things out um because we used to be pygame based like i was just it was this slightly nicer api on top of pygame is what i started as um and then uh a handful of years ago we actually switched over to um PyD PySDL2 um okay. partially to get PySDL2 sooner than uh Pygame's release um and then our like our maintenance schedule doesn't match up with Pygame's and so that caused a little bit of friction on our side so we decided to make the change um and that actually only took us that was one release cycle uh to go from a Pygame based system to a PySDL2 based system Okay, uh, what's PyDS by Py SDL? Uh, so PySDL is uh, I'm trying to remember which ver I think it's a CFFI uh, wrapper around the uh, Simple Direct Media Layer library. Okay, um, which is actually the same library that Pygame is based on. Okay, um, got it. So uh, it, it's just as it's Python bindings to that, um, and then we actually use in um, in PBB we actually work with. Uh, the maintainer of PySDL DLL, which is basically a wheel version of the uh, SDL binaries. Oh, nice. Um, okay. So we don't, where Pygame actually gets to package theirs. Um, actually, last I looked, they were still packaging theirs. I don't know if they still are, but hmm. um, ours is actually, we have a dependency on this, which lets us, like, we don't have to manage it. We don't have to make sure our build system can support it. Uh, pretty much all of PPB's code is uh, pure Python at this point. Um, though there are some C types if you get down into the squirrely stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, so what, what do you use it for now? Do you use it to make games? Yes. That is actually the primary thing I do with it is make games at this point. Um, I'm in the actual, the middle of a game jam right now. Um, experimenting with a top-down shooter with some kind of odd mechanics, actually. Uh <laughs> okay. And are there like, are there example games built on PPV that, people can play so we have a handful of examples like in the um in the repo so if you go to uh github slash ppb slash pursuit by bear um we we try to keep a handful of examples just always there um but then i've actually uh published a handful of my projects on itch.io um and so like right now i've got like the most of them available for obvious reasons, I'm the one who has to like dog food it the most. So okay, um, but yeah, no, I, I've got games that I have published uh, using PPB um, built on top of. Uh, we actually, I actually use Briefcase as my packaging tool. Um, okay, which uh, honestly, compared to the the fighting I used to do with uh, Pi Installer, I am much happier with Briefcase. Okay, and Briefcase is the uh, what? It's part of Beware. Beware. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. It, it is the the Beware freeze tool, um, and it is it, it solves a lot of issues uh, that we used to have okay. with uh, publishing Python games. So cool. Um, so you mentioned talking to uh, talking to educators. So are are some people using using this in conjunction with 
like courses or classes or something? Not yet. Uh, okay. So the two people that I have closest are basically one just needs to find time to write curriculum. Uh, and then the other one doesn't have time to write a new curriculum and basically needs someone to do it for them. Um, mm. But like, the, it's definitely been on the list of a handful of educators who are like, I would love to use this. I just like need time, need space, need... <laughs> <laughs> um, which like as the, the maintainer of the project, I totally understand. I can't, I can't fault them for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't imagine the, the life of a teacher. Um, so, uh, well, cool. So it, it looks like, uh, so people, if people were choose, trying to choose between like Pygame or PPB, you know, well, you, you mentioned that, uh, Pygame is more of a handful of stuff. You kind of have to is, it, is the code bigger then? Is my code going to be bigger with uh, one versus the other? Or, um, or that... It's kind of... Uh, once you get to a certain complexity, they kind of wash out. Okay. Um, but the um, at one time, I was going to build like a business card that had uh, basically the, the, the PPB.run, like just open a window, uh, and then the equivalent Pygame on the back of like what it would take to get to that point. Oh, um, yeah. And it's um, if I'm willing to drop some of the niceties that we have put into PPB over the years, um, it was two lines of code in PPB to like 19 or 20 in Pygame. And again, that's pulling out a couple of niceties, okay. um, like just the raw being able to open a window and also close it when someone hits the X like that. That alone, there's a lot more you have to write in Pygame for that. Yeah. Um, and like Pygame Zero has kind of solved this in a couple of other projects like. That we, we all kind of recognize that that's not okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I'm not, like, this is not me faulting Pygame. I want to be clear. Like, the pile of primitives totally works. It's just, there is enough boilerplate that, like, let's call attention to it. Yeah. Well, so, um, it, did you, now, you're, you're, you do game development now. Is this, did you get into coding from game development? Or did, did you get there some other way? Uh, it's a little of both. Um. So, like, uh, I, I mentioned I was, uh, I went to school for MIS, so management information systems, mostly, you know, how you turn data into information kind of stuff. Um, and I did, my college, everyone had to do an intro to programming course uh, that was actually VB Basic, what I, uh, or VB Net when I was uh, going, uh, which unfortunately, uh, I at where I am now, where I've, like, talked to people about teaching programming and things like this, and, like, yeah, that course was bad. I was not taught arrays, and I was not taught subroutines, which is the VBNet name for functions. Um, I had to go yeah. off bo book for both of them. Um, okay. So, like, I do not consider that programming course that I walked out of that knowing how to program. <laughs> Um, I did some SQL programming. Um, I did a little tiny, tiny bit of like network engineering. Um, okay. But like walking out, it was more a, I kind of have some concepts. I couldn't code out of a paper bag if you asked me to. Uh, well, so what brought you to games? Um, so that's, uh, <laughs> I have been doing some kind of game design or development for as pretty much as long as I could remember. Like, some of my school projects were like, I built a board game for a, a book report one time. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so so games have always been one of those things that has been interesting to me. And then um, it was a very natural fit to go from that into 
really learning to program. Um, and actually, like, I don't think I would have even gone that far if, like, I hadn't graduated in, like, 2012 and the economy was still um, in shambles. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, basically I was looking at jobs that would use my degree and they're like, yeah, you need five years of experience and also you need to know how to program. And I'm like, I can only fix one of those. <laughs> Um, so I went to teach myself how to program. Um, it was one of those, I got lucky, um, because at the time Pygame was the, like, if you went on Reddit and went, I want to learn how to program, like our programming was like, just learn Python. It's going to be your best bet. <laughs> um, and so I got lucky, picked that up, uh, started learning Python, picked up a couple of books. Uh, the important one being, uh, inventing games with Python and Pygame from Al Schwiegert. Um, yeah. W went through that book and then like, so I graduated in December. I wrote my first game from like my own ideas. I was just going to make the game myself. Uh, no tutorials. Uh, that was February. <laughs> um, okay. And it's basically been like nonstop since uh, like I make a game, then I'll build a website, then I'll do this next thing. Um, did some freelancing as a web developer, which is how I got into like the stuff that I did. Okay. Uh, when I started my career. Um, and unfortunately, uh, game dev doesn't pay as much, which is why I ended up on the, the web dev side. Um, really? I, saw, I didn't know that. I, okay. I actually saw a joke on Twitter a couple of months ago that was basically web dev is where uh, game devs who don't have the will to do it go. <laughs> um, and it's it's not wrong. It's um, web dev, we use a lot of... Uh, a lot of the things I learned in game dev actually do apply to like web development. Um, hmm. Okay. So it, it's, it actually is a pretty good fit. Um, if like, you're not sure what to do with your interest in games, like web dev isn't bad. Um, well, you, you, I mean, there's, there's sprites in both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a whole combination of things even like, because from like your data design has to like the data design constraints are different across the two, but like, how your data is modeled matters in both cases. Um, how you access it. Um, and yeah, if you go to front end, like all of that graphics programming comes in handy as well. So like, yeah, well then there's, there's event, the event and learning about event systems and stuff. And, um, interestingly enough, part of the reason PPB is, uh, event driven is so that you can actually, um, jump from it into an event driven system. Uh, okay. So, like, you can get used to it in, you know, the nice, safe Python world and then, like, go do JavaScript. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I, I forget. Sometimes I forget there's non-event-based uh, programming <laughs> since I've, I've been doing event systems forever. So. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Uh, well, uh, the, what's what's the future of Pursued PyBear that you'd like to see? Uh, so right now we're kind of, uh, I, am actually working on a feature. Our, our last release is actually being held up because I want to get this feature done. Um, basically text in PPB has been kind of painful. So I've got, I have been designing a thing that makes it less painful to like put text on a screen where you want it. Um, okay. But, uh, beyond that, my actual next like true focus is, um, I, I, I would like to see some kind of curriculum made for it um that can just be drop in and unfortunately i am not actually a teacher 
Um, play and on so our it's, TV. it's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, like I, I do a lot of education, but I am not like I don't yeah. necessarily know the things that go into making a lesson plan for a classroom. If that makes sense, yeah. like, I, I can build tutorials. I can write uh, tutorials. I, I I give them. Um, but like, what is needed for a classroom setting? Uh, I don't have that skill set. Okay. Um, so it's either I need to learn how to do this, or I need to like find enough money to pay someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, or try to convince somebody. So anybody listening that that uh, would like to put together a um, a possible starter curriculum, or even a first draft of one. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yes, I, I would. I, I and I am happy to answer every question about that. Um, so I've got a I've got a question about uh, just uh, I guess uh, teaching somebody new to coding. Um, if I wanted to try to get somebody like uh, say one of my kids uh, to to start coding, and I I thought you know coding a game with them might be fun. Um, what kind of a game would be a good target? Because there's a lot of like tutorials on like asteroids, but um, I don't know if asteroids is the right way to go or something else. So you're not, let's see, let, let, let me, there, there feels like there's two parts to this question. Okay. So asteroids is actually not a terrible first shot. Um, especially because of some of the things that, um, PPB actually packages its own vector class. So you don't actually have to teach all of the vector math. You can literally just like, if I subtract, you know, my position or, their position from my position, I'm going to get that direction, and I know I can like send something along that line, and it'll work. Okay. Um. So we we have that where like you get to speak in like basic mathematical principles, even though it is it is matrix multiplication under the hood. Um. It, it's a two D vector, so like small vector, small matrices, but you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. We don't actually do um. So PBB can't do like um. Uh, vector drawing um that's just not a thing we support right now um so you can't get like an exact uh asteroids duplicate but if you're you replace the ship with a sprite and so on like you yeah. you can get a, a pretty close guesstimation um okay so i'm not drawing i'm not actually drawing all the elements but i if i had like sprites of them or something i could do yep i could do an asteroids within this game um, and it actually would not be terribly difficult to set up uh, things that we don't support. Uh, you are going to have to figure out your own um, collision detection, um, mostly because we've gone back and forth on how... Primarily, I, I find, like, there's that combination of doing especially, like, square-to-square -square, uh, collision detection is a fairly simple algorithm, and it's a really good way to teach, like, complex comparisons okay um and so it's one of those like we could totally add this and it would make like certain people's lives easier but like it is absolutely one of those things that like learning to implement it is actually a fairly useful lesson okay. um so that's one of the things we don't do um other than that um i really like uh what i call top-down shooters so not asteroids which has its like the physics element but more um Direct control, so WASD movement, uh, aim towards the mouse, uh, press a button to shoot bullets kind of thing. Um, so uh, Robotron uh, is, is a really good example of what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, which, like, I, I laugh when I use that example because 
I, I realize it is one that is aging, and it's even before my time, but I actually like Robotron, so... I don't know if I've ever played it. Uh, oh, it was, uh, I want to say, 70s arcade game. Okay. Maybe 80s. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, uh, one of the, the uh, twin-stick shooters of the era. Um, okay. And so, yeah, the, the nice thing about uh, those style of shooters, though, is that you've got the one character you need to worry about moving it around, um, collision detection with the bullets, um, collision detection between the enemies and the player. Um, but then it's just, like, once you get those three elements together, like, you can add as much as you want to it. Um, well, there was there was a game that I played when I when I had, like, an old Atari or something that was, like, a tank that you drove around and tried to shoot other tanks. Is that what kind of... Uh, is that a top-down shooter then um so yes that that is that game is a top-down shooter but it um uses what we refer to as tank controls uh which is left and right actually rotate your character um yeah and so that's closer to like asteroids in control scheme um the the control style i'm talking about you would actually like if you hit left your character moves left on the screen okay um got it and so like that's the uh the, the subtle difference there, but yeah, they're kind of all in the same genre. Um, <laughs> and again, it's, it's, I like them because the number of things that you actually have to implement to start playing with it is it's only two or three things. And then, then it's just about like, how do you assemble all those things and make them work? Um, so yeah, those are like what I like. Um, obviously, uh, platformers are very popular. Um, I've not actually built a platformer ever. I just, I'm not a fan of the genre and it doesn't have any like, drive but it is a very popular one what's a platformer um, like a like a original mario brothers or something right okay right yeah so uh and and there, there's a genre split there between like 2d and 3d platformers but like let's not go into that one <laughs> <'cause it's>, uh, <laughs> well ha one of my favorites when i was a kid was dig dug can you can you do something like that um any ideas i'm trying i would have to think about it a bit um because if I remember right, Dig Dug's the way it deformed the map when you were using it was much more precise than uh, mm -hmm. full sprites. But you uh, absolutely could build a, um, no, a a version of it. Now I'm totally getting um, nostalgia for some of those old games that I played, <laughs> and I want to like play old games now. Oh, uh, and these old like honestly, those old arcade games are like those perform very well in PPB because they are not there's not a lot of complexity to them you've kind of got your idea of like what your game space is okay well, um, okay so now i got a call to action to everybody listening <laughs> if you've got a favorite especially if it's python based i'd love to see um if the source code's available especially even, even if it's not i guess that's okay but but i'd love to see some examples of some simple games that people have built that are actually kind of fun to play they don't have to be great they could just be kind of fun to play that's fine i mean that's the thing when when we were a kid i it was this or go outside and you know try to burn stuff with a, a magnifying glass or something but since i grew up way before the internet there wasn't a lot to do during the summer i, I will share this with you now okay awesome um and hopefully we can share this in the future but uh so this is actually a game that i built uh, this is it's called shooter game. Like this is this is a tech demo, <laughs> is what it is. Um, but if you remember Galaga, it's essentially a not quite as dynamic Galaga. This looks All great. Written, the entire tool chain is Python. 
Um, it, like everything. It's great. Um, and then I can actually give you the source code. Um, unfortunately, the sh source code on this does not have the um, the the packaging around it. Um, so it's it's this is much simpler to read than if it were just uh the briefcase version that is on itch.io. But Okay. Um, so there, you also can have the uh, source code. Thanks. Why I'm talking about this is because I learned to code not by learning how to code. Around the same time, that I did take a class in basic at school, but I, I didn't quite internalize it. But one of the things that I think that we've lost is a lot of people learn stuff by just trying to go way faster than they can and just try it. So like, for instance, the thing I typed in with my uh, TRS-80 was a Lunar Lander game. Mm -hmm. And and it was totally fun, as is, but I tried to understand it. I'm like, okay, well, how do I make the ship go faster? So I tried to like understand what part of the code made the ship go faster. And then like, what happens if I, um, uh, you know, make the landing pads wider? How could I do that? And how could I, you know, make the... Um, you know, the thrust work better and change gravity and things like that. Mm -hmm. And actually that was a decent game to try to understand, you know, the event loop, like things changed, through, you know, every time through it. And then also all the, the physics of it, it really isn't a physics, physics engine. As far as I can tell, it's a, you go through a frame and you draw everything again. I learned all the concepts without knowing the names. So like I, we, I wrote functions, but I didn't know it was a function. I wrote four mm -hmm. loops, but I didn't know they were four loops. They just, were things that worked. I'm I'm curious if anybody's done that sort of thing to teach to actually teach is like here's a complete program. Now let's talk about it. And and maybe that's a terrible way to teach people, but I I find the like the the here's a let's let's learn like six months worth of stuff before you've made anything interesting. That's I don't know. Yeah um that is actually um that's one of the things uh I really appreciate about what we've managed to do with PPV is um, so I've been writing uh, our, our big mega tutorial. It's not published yet, but uh, basically it's going to build a game of Pong. Um, and I absolutely followed like that mindset of like build something that work. Like when I teach people to start using PPV, like the very first line of code that I write in PPV, which I don't have to anymore because briefcase does it for me, but is, get a window yeah. now put something in that window now move that thing around like you just that piecemeal step that you've always got this like next deliverable yeah um, i love it so um and like when i'm designing my own games like uh i almost always build a scene that i refer to as the sandbox um and it's basically this is not like a fixed scene it is a i'm going to just throw things into this and see how they play together um and I don't have to worry about it always being in a working state because this isn't ever actually going to be in the game. It's just me playing with like the concepts that I want to play with. And one of the things I love about incorporating game development with teaching people how to code and stuff is, is not to try to get them to be to game developers. It's that no. it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And that sense of play. I don't want people to ever lose that. That's kind of why I got into podcasting and writing and everything is to try to encourage everybody to keep that sense of play alive for everything they do with encoding. Because like, let's, let's, you know, just be honest. There's a lot of jobs in the world that are way less fun than tinkering with a computer. Yeah. <laughs> is there any final call to action or anything you'd like to shout out before we uh, wrap it up? Um, 
I mean, so the, the first important one, uh, if you go to ppb.dev, um, which is our primary website, uh, there's a link to our Discord channel. Um, you can come join us anytime. Uh, we, we have a very, very open design process. Um, so you come join us in development and you can talk to the maintainers as we're designing systems. And uh, we do try to take, like, because we are trying to, um, we're education focused, but we, we've actually got three identified audiences, students, teachers, uh, and hobbyists. Okay. Um, and trying to make all three of those happy is difficult. And the more people we have, like, <laughs> coming and talking to us, the, the better we can do to make sure we are hitting all three of those well. Um, students are actually, uh, I, I would love, if anyone is an educator and thinks this is an important kind of concept, please come talk to us. We, we like, you don't have to get involved, just answer questions once in a while is basically uh, all we ask from you um, because uh, our educators are unfortunately uh, the primary proxy for our student population. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, well, there's, I mean, yeah. there's 31 people online right now. Like just as oh, I just my. went and looked, that's yep. pretty, pretty active. Cool. Um, it, it's actually fairly quiet. Um, we basically only talk when there's something to talk about, but yeah, no, we've got lots of members. Um, and nice. like anytime anyone, if you find something that doesn't feel right, um, we, we actually have a channel. Uh, what, did, what did I call it? It's, um, it did not work. <laughs> And so basically it's a come tell us what you were trying to do, what you tried, what happened and what like sometimes they're just bugs and like that happens more often than I care to admit. Um, but like every now and then we get like I was trying to do this thing and like this felt like the natural way to do it. And like we're going to investigate like why does that feel natural? Does it feel better than what we're doing? Like the, yeah. those spawn a lot of design discussion. Um, That's interesting. So, yeah. yeah. If, we, we like keeping that nice and open. Um, we, uh, our, our, um, bar for contributor is on the floor. <laughs> um, uh, if, if you come to a sprint and you test our getting started docs or our tutorials, like that's a contribution for us. And we will actually like help you set up the like contributor entry for that task. Um, well, that's hugely helpful. I love it when people just say, Hey, there's like a link broken on your readme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. I mean, cause I don't read the readme, so, uh, I'm not going to find it. So, yep. Um, that's awesome. We, uh, documentation is mostly my purview at this point and anyone who is up for, uh, helping get through that because I have to run through it, um, a couple times a year at this point, uh, okay. just because well, not, the docs do not always stay up to date to the code. <laughs> Um, so it, it, I make it a project every six months or so to like sit down and read all of the docs and make sure they're pointing to the right objects and things idea. didn't happen. Nice. Um, yeah. it, it is a painful process. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we volunteers all over. Uh, we, you mentioned earlier, if there's education folks fo listening who would like to come help build a curriculum, um, I would love to work with you. Um, happy to answer questions about the underlying things in the engine, if that's something you need to know. Um, or if you just aren't sure how to make PPB do the thing you need it to do for your lesson, come talk to me. We will figure that out. Um, okay. And on, uh, and we'll, we'll have your contact information on the, um, the show notes. 
but you're also on Twitter, fairly active there. If people want to hit you up there, yep, too, right on Twitter, always happy to chat about any of my open source work. Okay. Um, I I've got a blog at piperthunstrom.dev. Um, it's piper.thunstrom.dev, but uh, you can get that from my Twitter when you grab that information. Okay. Um, and uh, if you're building a game and aren't sure what you're doing with it, like, feel free to come ask. Um, I actually, uh, because Shooter Game is going to definitely be in the show notes at this point, um, <laughs> I the way I wrote that is um, extremely flexible. And if you want to start by modding an existing game, that you can probably get it. Um, I don't actually remember how up-to-date it is on PvP stuff, so uh, I might need to go and do some, uh, hey, let's improve uh, the code. Uh, and let's make sure that it's on, you know, PPB 1.1, since uh, I actually wrote that, I think it was 0.7. <laughs> okay. And, uh, uh, so it's gotten better, but it's 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 got some cool stuff that I would be happy to show folks. Like, here's what you have to do to, like, add enemy formations or... Okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking with us today. And I, uh, I hope that we get, um, I, I'd love to see this in, in some schools or something to people teaching or even just, you know, some, uh, anything, any sort of people teaching other people's stuff. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and, uh, one of the things I didn't bring this up, but, uh, I, I will definitely share with you a link for, uh, my PyTexas talk because I, I think oh, that yeah. is kind of the ultimate proof of concept uh i live coded for 30 minutes and very little went wrong <laughs> wow congrats <laughs> so yeah no i i um i think my pytexas talk really shows like the maturity level we've hit with ppb like it is absolutely it's extremely flexible it's very fast to develop in um yeah i would love to watch that so cool yeah, yeah send me a link well thanks a lot piper and we will uh Keep in touch and talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you, Piper. Now I'm hankering to play some of those old games or some new games. Thank you, Rollbar. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster. Learn more at rollbar.com. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Join them at testingcode.com support. Lots of links in this episode at testingcode.com 192. That's all for now. Now go out and test something. Or maybe build a game. <laughs>